Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Uh, so Damien and the team, uh, they've got a video for us just before Jared comes and brings a message to us. I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger. Yeah. wonder whatever happened to baby Jesus. He, he grew up. What? Wait. So you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Wow, I just never really put the two concepts together. <laughs> Wonder what happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> he he went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life, and, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. I tell you this. Here's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. Up top. It's the idea. It's the same guy. Revolutionary. And we can sit here and think, of course it's the same guy. There are people in the world today who do not realize it's the same guy. Like we can, we can, if you grew up in church land and we sit here and all of us speak in our Christianese and somebody says Christ is risen and those in the know say he's risen indeed, yeah, yeah. But if you haven't grown up in church land, like, what? what? What is going on? And if you, if you haven't been a part of the story, if you haven't grown up with, with these stories being shared with you and, and understanding who Jesus is and then you find out wait 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 okay so Christmas Jesus is the same as Easter Jesus and we kind of take it for granted like that's just that's what we know that's what we grew up with that's the story that we've been told and we make the connection between Christian and Easter Christian Christmas and Easter but there's a world that doesn't know that and we have not only the responsibility, but the privilege to actually communicate with the world that the same Jesus that comes as a baby born to a virgin teenager who is filled with the Holy Spirit and brings the Prince of Peace into the world is the same Jesus that walks on water and performs signs and wonders, healings and miracles and teaches people what it is to actually live a life completely sold out to the Heavenly Father is the same one that goes to the cross. And not only does he go to the cross and is hung on the cross, but he actually comes out of the grave. 
And not only does it do that, but then when we accept Him as Lord and Saviour, He takes up residence in our hearts. And at the same time, He's seated in heavenly places. It's the same Jesus that sits at the right hand of our Father in heaven, continually interceding for every single one of us, whether we know it or not. That's the same guy. Like, that should just make you happy straight off. That's why, like, Good Friday, I shared, I found it really hard. Like, I wanted to feel the weight and heaviness of Good Friday, the fact that Jesus went to the cross for us, but I I found it really hard because we know the end of the story. And I know for some of you that we've had our beautiful uh, Christmas tree, uh, it's frustrated you, some of you. As we let it die in the foyer. Sorry, not sorry. Um, we put a sign up. We, the only reason we put a sign up, it wasn't actually for your benefit. We put a sign up because we had people coming in for funerals uh, and, and a wedding and we're like, what are we going to do about the dead tree in the foyer? People think we don't care. Uh, like, we do care. We, we care immensely. So we put a sign up and then, like, if you saw, most of you saw the sign and it said, in big letters it said, uh, Christmas and Calvary, but you had to get up close to read the rest of the sign. It said, on the way from Christmas to Calvary. Because for a lot of people, their, their, their knowledge, their relationship with Jesus is, is two, two things, two events, and it's the, the Christmas story and it's the Easter story, and that's all they've got. They've got nothing in between the two. But we wanted to make the connection that the same Jesus that we celebrate, and you can get hung up about whether or not Christmas trees are Christian and whatever. Just have fun, all right? Just make Jesus Lord of your life and have fun at the same time. It's possible. So you can have a Christmas tree and love Jesus. You can have Easter eggs and praise the Lord for chocolate and love Jesus, yes? Good, I'm glad we're on the same page about that. But we wanted to be mindful, like from... Christmas, that we go from, from Christmas where we had that beautiful green tree. I should have had a photo up, and it was beautiful and green, wasn't it? And we decorated it. At one stage, we had gifts that went to our um, Christians Against Poverty uh, families, and it, just, and it was fantastic to have this celebration of, of the Christmas season and that God would come in human form and be born this innocent, helpless little baby and be nurtured by humans. And one of my favorite verses is that Jesus grew in in wisdom and favour and stature with God and with man. And Jesus grows up and he makes the choice to submit completely to the Father, to the will of the Father, and goes to the cross. All right, this is symbolic. Nobody's going to hang on that because that will snap. But like the video clip showed, I love that video, um, it's... It's not just one or even two events. It's not just Christmas and Easter and there's so much contained even with those events we can kind of gloss over the power and, and, what, and the meaning of those stories. But it's actually this ongoing story of salvation. It's the ongoing story of our Heavenly Father, our Creator, who made you and me, every single one of us, those that know Jesus, those that don't know Jesus yet, made every single one of us in His image. And since the dawn of time, even before then, God has been at work to actually draw us into relationship with Him, to stir us up, to seek after Him, to find Him, to draw close with Him, and then to share His love with the world around us. That's the privilege that we have, and that's 
what we celebrate this Easter. Do you know, I recently, uh, somebody reminded me this morning that saints are on top of the AFL ladder. Any saints supporters in the house? Oh, my family. Woo, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. They'll stay there. Um, I watched Saints versus Hawks and I knew that they were going to win. All through the game, I knew they were going to win. They were behind until like the fourth quarter, I think. Do you know how I knew they were going to win? It wasn't an extraordinary act of faith on my part. I, I always tip the Saints, like it's a rule in the house. You have to tip the team that you barrack for. So always tip them. No, I knew they were going to win because I watched the game a week after it happened. <laughs> Thomas and I got up early on Saturday and uh, we, uh, we watched Friday night's game and then we watched Saints versus Hawk, which was like a week ago and it was a really tense game. I can tell you're all on the edge of your seats in excitement and anticipation and celebration about it. It was a good game. Then we're like, let's watch this game. And one of my daughters comes in uh, and asked a question about, I think they said, oh, did Saints win? And I just looked at her and said, do you think we'd be watching it if they didn't? <laughs> like, yes, this is my team, let's watch a game where they lose and get smashed by the Hawks. No, 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 I watched it because I knew what happened. My brother's shaking his head in disapproval right now. It's just because I didn't get to watch it at the time, it wasn't because I didn't want to watch it, but I was like so excited that they won. And now they're on top of the ladder. For a while. So I didn't need any faith to know that saints beat hawks. And it was magnificent to watch after the fact. Wasn't as nerve-wracking. Do you know what I need faith for? Saints winning the grand final. So let's just all pray now, dear Lord. No. <laughs> Sorry. Like, that's what, like, I, I don't have a clue whether Saints will, I don't even have a clue if Saints will get to the grand final, all right? Our track record with grand finals, not great. For those that don't follow football, in more than a century of VFL, AFL football, Saints have won one premiership. So, we're looking to double that this year. But if I believe that Saints are going to win this year's grand final... I need faith. But my faith isn't in my football team. Because if it was, I would be a devastated mess curled up in the corner right now. Yeah? My faith isn't in my family. My faith isn't in my work. My faith isn't in my stuff. My faith isn't in my bank account. My faith isn't in my health. My faith is the one who grows from a baby and goes to the cross. But doesn't stay there. Okay, he's taken down and he's put in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. How cool is that? How cool is that? And not just that he rises from the dead. But all creation was waiting for this moment. 
I want to show you. Let's, let's take a journey. Hebrews chapter 11. Open up your Bible. Um, if you use your smartphone, if you use your tablet, you can, uh, in the Bible app, you can follow along the scripture that we're using. Um, feel free to do that under the events. You'll see we're live in that and you can follow along. You can make notes in that. If you're paper-based, you can do that as well. Hebrews chapter 11. And we are in verse 24. By faith, Moses... So hundreds of years before Jesus, okay? By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Here's the verse I want. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. What? Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. This is the astounding thing. So Hebrews 11, we call it the Hall of Faith. We've talked about it recently and if you read through it, it talks about Abraham and, and Moses and Isaac and these heroes of the faith, big figures and small throughout biblical history, throughout the history of the world. And here's Moses, centuries before Jesus, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. But Jesus hadn't even been born yet. But this is what I love about the creation story, and that video kind of hinted at it, about the unfolding, ongoing story that we have in Jesus Christ, is that it's not just the 30-odd years that Jesus was on the earth that he has an impact. All of those who were faithful to God ahead of the birth of Jesus were looking forward to that time. Hebrews 12 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And backtrack a little bit. Sorry, there's, I've got a whole bunch of scriptures today. Um, 11, Hebrews 11:39. These, all the people mentioned in Hebrews 11, were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they may be made perfect. All of God's faithful from the beginning of time, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David and Moses, all lived for something greater than what they received in that moment. And they, some of them articulate it, you read through David and a man after God's own heart, and you read the prophecy in Isaiah about the coming Messiah. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before the birth of Jesus that there was one to come who would be wonderful, counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And they all looked forward to something that they didn't get to, they didn't get to receive. And Hebrews, the scriptures actually say that they were all waiting for what you and I get to participate in which is the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. They all had faith for what was yet to come, but they didn't, didn't get to experience it like we do. Isn't that amazing? Like, I think we can take this for granted sometimes, the season that we live in. And we can look around at the world and go, man, it's doom and gloom, the world's getting dark. No, no, no. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Because not only was Jesus born as a baby, 
Not only did he grow up, walk on water, perform signs and wonders, but he went to the cross and rose from the dead. And so we now participate in relationship with him and relationship with each other, experiencing the fullness of what we have received through his death and his resurrection and the power that comes through that and from that. I think that's exciting. And that's, the, that's what we get to share with the world around us. One of the aspects of the, the risen life, Jesus uh, rising from the dead, that we get to participate in is that it actually binds us together. But we also get to experience the power that God used to ri- raise Jesus from the dead. Ephesians chapter 1, if you turn with me there, um, I w- I've got a little bit to read from Ephesians chapter 1 into Ephesians chapter 2. Just because I think it's so powerful and, and so meaningful, and I think we need to be reminded of this as followers of Jesus, that we're not actually fighting a losing war. Do you know the life that we live as followers of Jesus is like me watching that game between Saints and Hawks? Like, I wasn't fretting about the result, not because I was just so confident in the Saints' ability, because I knew what happened. But my, and, and now, as a follower of Jesus, I'm not worried about the result. Because I know what happens. Jesus is the victor. Jesus has conquered death. Jesus has defeated sin. The old has gone, the new has come. Check this out, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The incomparably great power for us who believe. That power that is available to us is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given not only in the present age but the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I know that's really wordy, but can you imagine, uh, it says in there, verse 19, the power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And I love that. Here's here's the image of the Father, and, and we talked about, particularly on Good Friday, and Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you know Jesus didn't rise, raise? get himself up from the grave. But it was his heavenly father, his father, exerting mighty strength that brought him up from the dead. Mighty strength. And that power that brought Jesus back from the dead is the same power that God makes available to you and me to experience his fullness. It's that power that actually unites us as the body of Christ. So we can actually do his work, so that we can actually live the life that he calls us to live. So not only are we not fighting a losing battle, not only do we know the result, but we actually live this life as victors because of what Jesus did on the cross. 
Is this making any sense? This, I don't know, maybe I haven't had any chocolate today. I tell you, but this just gets me excited. The same power that God used to bring Jesus up from the dead is the same power that he puts in you and me. Which we wouldn't have if Jesus didn't go to the cross and if he hadn't have been brought back from the dead. This is why the Bible, uh, this is why the writers of Scripture write to the early church and to us as sons and daughters of God and say, have peace that surpasses understanding. In everything give thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. Gosh, how can I rejoice when there's pain and suffering all around me? How can I have peace when it feels like my body is failing me? How can I be thankful and rejoice when things aren't working out in my life, in my relationships, in my bank account, at work, just in the world in general? How can I do that, Lord? Well, because the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead is the same power that I make available to you. It gets better. Do you want it to get better? Here we go. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What? In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. This is what baptism is. Baptism isn't only um, a symbolic gesture that we celebrate next Sunday. It's not only a symbolic gesture that, okay, so Jesus died and I'm going to go through the waters of baptism so I can receive what he got for me. No, as we go through the waters of baptism, the old man dies and the new man comes to life because of what we have received through Jesus' death and resurrection. Because in that, while we were dead in our transgressions, while we were still dead because of our wrongdoing, because of our trespasses, because of our separation from God, He raises us up with Christ and seats us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I, I, take, I feel like it takes a while to kind of get our heads around this, but, and we're such physical creatures. No, you're actually spiritual creatures with a physical body, okay? So, Man, I feel like I'm just talking fast. Sorry. I'll try and slow down. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, you and I are not only present here in the physical, spirit, soul and body, but we are seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Like, it's hard, I can't get my head around it. This is why we are victorious, because we're not actually fighting from our limited position here. Because we are seated in Him at the right hand of the Father. Do you see that, that all that God has done for us to actually be deep in relationship with Him? He doesn't just say, okay, uh, guys, I want you to, guys and girls, sorry, uh, I want you to follow me. I want you to surrender, as Simon was talking about. I want you to give your life and follow me. I want you to give it up and follow me. I want you to commit completely to being my follower, my disciples, my children. 
No, no, he makes it all available to us and gives us the power to do that. So that when we face trial, when we face temptation, when we face pain, when we go through suffering in our lives, whatever shape or form that might take on, we say, do you know what? I'm actually seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. I am hidden in Christ Jesus. I think that's astounding. He is such a good, good Father that He doesn't actually give us the mission. He gives us the tools and the equipping and the power and the position to accomplish what He set before us. And our lives are just the fulfillment of what He has called us to do. And I, I, can, I can feel it. Some of you are saying, yeah, but my life doesn't look like I'm seated in the heavenly realms. I don't feel like I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father. If I'm sitting at the right hand of the Father, shouldn't my life look better than it does? Well, sometimes we actually lose the perspective that God has given us. Sometimes we decline the invitation to participate with God, not only in His death, but also in the resurrection of His Son. Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before Him. Our endurance isn't just to endure. Our endurance is because we know the joy set before us, because we know where we're operating from. This is why I've said it a few times. It is, depending on who you are and my relationship with you, it is of little consequence what you think of me. Like we might have a disagreement, you might not like me, you might not like something about me, you might like a lot about me. But who I am and my perspective of my life and my worth and my value isn't based on what you think of me. It's based on the fact that, according to God, I am seated in heavenly places, hidden in Christ Jesus. My value is found in that. Because Jesus chose to go through the cross, to go through his painful death, the suffering, and to rise from the dead. I'll read this to you, Romans 6. It communicates the same powerful message. Verse 8, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, in exactly the same way that Jesus can no longer cannot die again, but he is alive to God in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And we might say, okay, well, okay, say I'm dead to sin, but I'm alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, no worries. But I still sin. You do, but you're not alive to sin. And if you read through the other letters in the New Testament, you will find that it's actually a choice to sin. It is not in your nature as a follower of Jesus, as a son or daughter of God, to sin. It's not in your nature. It's a choice. 
Sometimes that might be easier than others. Sometimes it's all different reasons or whatever it might be or a whole bunch of excuses about why we do sin. And I'm not saying this to shame you or guilt you or anything like that. I'm actually saying this as an invitation to experience the fullness of all that God has to offer us. Because we are, if you are a follower of Jesus, have you, have, if you have accepted his death and resurrection and his overwhelming power, you are dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. I'm not, like this is in the Word. I'm not making this up. I couldn't make this stuff up. That's why I love the video clip. Like, it's not just about one day. It's not just about Resurrection Sunday. It's not just about Good Friday. It's about every day and this ongoing story of His love and His mercy and His power being poured out over us, into us, so we could actually go and share it with the world around us. And sometimes I feel like we can get in here and we can say, Christ is risen, He is risen indeed. And then we can go out into the world and we can be like, Christ is risen. He's risen. I'm pretty sure about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it can be really easy to gather with our brothers and sisters in Christ and declare Christ is risen, but then it doesn't actually reflect when we get out in the world. What if, what if we lived our lives knowing that the same power that God used, that He exerted, like, I don't know about you, but it sounds to me like God put some effort in when He brought Jesus back from the dead. Like, it doesn't sound to me like God of all creation, and like, I'd love to see the replay on that one. It doesn't sound like, he just said, son, you're up, let's go. Like, there was exertion from the creator of the universe to bring Jesus back to life. And that power that the creator exerted is the same power that you and I have. This is why we care about a resurrection. Because it's not just about, you know, Sunday fun day when we get Easter eggs and chocolate. And if you are short on chocolate, it sounds like Jill's fridge is the place to be. And I love that. I love finding different ways to celebrate it. But it's not even just about Resurrection Sunday. It's about actually celebrating his death and his resurrection every single day. And I want to be mindful, I want to be so aware of his death and resurrection that that impacts every area of my life. And Simon talked about it earlier. That it's not that Jesus rose from the dead so that he could be seated at the right hand of the Father. It's that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, of God through Jesus Christ, is the same power that can restore the dead parts of your life and mine. So whether that's sickness, whether that's disease in your body, the resurrection power of God is available. Whether that's your finances, whether that's your, your home, whether that's your workplace, God can restore the dead things. Whether that's your marriage, whether that's your parenting or your children, God can restore and release resurrection power 
He's made it all available. Here is my encouragement. That we as a church would know that no matter what we go through, the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between, that we would actually be reminded of the love and the grace and the mercy that is available to us because Jesus chose to endure the cross. And that in community, when one of us is actually facing trial, hardship, pain, suffering, whatever it is, not that we would gloat over people, we would actually surround them and remind them in, in love and patience and perseverance and say, we are seated in heavenly places. Hebrews 12 talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Because he's the one that starts it and he's the one that finishes it. And it's all found in him. It doesn't end with you and it doesn't end with me. It ends in him. That's why we can face whatever this, whatever this world throws at us because it's, it's not about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you close your eyes? I just want to, I want to come before the Lord. I want each of us just to narrow in on him. There's a quote from uh, the final Lord of the Rings story that goes like this. There can be no triumph without loss. No victory without suffering. No freedom without sacrifice. The thing is, the suffering and the sacrifice has been done by Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin. For you and me, while we were still powerless, while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. Whatever it is in your life that is dying or dead, it might be dead. Whatever it is, You know what that is. Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us in this moment? Would you speak life into the dead areas of our life? Would you remind us of the overwhelming power of God? Let it flow through us individually and as a community. Holy Spirit, remind us of where we are seated. In this moment, Lord, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear whatever the situation is, whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through right now. Help us to see it from your perspective rather than just ours. Lord, you promise that if we ask for wisdom, you give it freely, you give it generously. And so here in this moment, we ask for wisdom discernment we speak life over the dead areas of our lives we speak life we declare the almighty power of God Holy Spirit come 
by his stripes we are healed. He is a good, good father. And listen, he didn't send, Jesus, he didn't send his son to the cross to make, to make Jesus suffer. He sent his son to the cross as the final act of sacrifice to draw all creation to him. And then exerted the power. I keep coming back to that. He exerted the power that is now available to you and me. And we want to declare that power. Father God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes we are healed. God, we join with you and declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon shall remain. Thank you, Jesus, that you came that we would have life and life in abundance. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. The enemy comes to create havoc. The enemy comes to spread lies. The enemy comes to convince us that death is the only way, that there is no hope. But Jesus, you are our hope. We put our faith, our hope and our trust in you. For those that need physical healing, we declare your peace and your strength. We declare the restoration of relationships for prodigals to return home, for marriages to be strengthened, renewed. For those that need a miracle in uh, finances, I want to share two testimonies. One is uh, somebody who needed to pay a very small bill and found the money for that when they're out for a walk. And somebody had a debt of thousands of dollars and the debt was cancelled. I was to release that testimony over you, that whatever your need, whatever you're facing, that we have a good, good father who cares about our every need. He is that good. Thank you, Jesus. The greatest miracle we can experience is actually the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. So we're going to uh, sing one final song. Can I ask, is there anyone here that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because that, that's, we have this new life. We have life within him. We can be dead to sin and alive in him because of the price that he paid on the cross and because he rose from the dead. Is there anyone here that doesn't have that relationship with Jesus. Can you repeat after me? I am seated. Can you, do, can you repeat it like you mean it? Like it's in the Word. Alright? I am seated in heavenly places. I am dead to sin. I am alive in Christ. I am no longer a slave. I am a child of God. Amen.